Thank you for the word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that works the word and knows how to make the word work in our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If we didn't have you, we, would, we, would, we wouldn't know what to do. We wouldn't know where to go. But we have the Holy Spirit working with us tonight. And we got guardian angels that's keeping back demons from preventing us from hearing what God has to say. And we got our Father in heaven who's controlling everything. And we got our, our big brother Jesus who's praying for us. Thank you. 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 So tonight, God, we have not come for form or fashion. Really, really, really. We're here tonight because we want our family worship, our home lives to be lives that you are pleased with. We want the presence of God to live in our homes. And so, God, tonight, the enemy does not want the seed of this word to fall on good ground, but we rebuke the devourer tonight, and we just simply ask Jesus. We're praying that the word would find good ground, good soil. May we be receptive to what God has to say. It's our prayer in Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. amen. Before you sit down, somebody say, thy word. Thy word, thy word. Thy word. is a lamp. Unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. The word of God. Come on, somebody. The word of God is my textbook. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord tonight. In your hands already, you should have a handout that says, Title 10 Commandments of Life-Changing Family Worship. And we want you to have that. We're going to be marking uh, things down in here tonight so that you can uh, remain focused and know exactly where we're going. So take out a pen. Be prepared to take notes. If you have your phones, that's fine, too. Take your notes in your phone. Tweet to folk if you need to tweet to them. Facebook folk, let them know what's going down at Glenville right now. Tell them, woo! Tweet, uh, text that. I mean, text it, tweet it, Facebook it. Put it on your wall. Say, it's going down tonight at Glenville. The Holy Spirit is moving. And you'd be surprised how that blesses people. So we're just going to continue to do what we got to do to get the word out there. Would you say amen? We thank uh, God for all those that are watching via the internet, even our members. Come on, say amen. Yeah, y'all should be here tonight. Amen. But it's all right. You're here in spirit. Amen. Praise God. Remember that video ministry ain't for the members. Come on, say amen, somebody. <laughs> amen. Amen. But you're here anyway. We thank you. So while you're at home, take out something, get ready to write, take down notes. I want to first... Um, just simply say how blessed we were this past weekend by Pastor Noah Washington. Can somebody say amen up in here? What a mighty word this weekend. And then almost, how many, so where's Sister uh, Woods? How many people were baptized this weekend? Oh, uh, 17 souls this weekend. Praise God. And some powerful testimonies. Uh, Anthony, who works our sound in the back, he's not even a member. And his mother joined this weekend. <laughs> He invited his mama to come. First, first time in the building was a few Sabbaths ago when Eric Thomas was here. She heard the word, was impressed with the word, and she joined. And then we had some young ladies from our block party that joined and some co a couple that joined. God is just moving. He is moving the prayers of the righteous. Elder Cox, wave your hand in the air and wave it like you just don't care. Go ahead, girl. Elder Cox has got that prayer line going, and folk are praying. Praise you the Lord. And this is why we are seeing the things that we are seeing. If I were y'all, I wouldn't even, I would expect nothing less but to see God move. When you pray, expect God to move. Some of us don't expect nothing. That's why you ain't getting nothing. I expect him to do stuff now. I'm expecting 17 this Sabbath. Come on, say amen. So we thank God. I just want to praise God for my, my, my brother. Tomorrow we're going to have lunch. My man Akil over here. This brother just moved here from Atlanta. 
uh, just, I mean, just showed up here. He's not an Adventist, not a member of the church, didn't matter. He said, I've been reading the word, Pastor. And he said, the closest thing I can see to the word is what the Adventists believe. And he said, then I ran into somebody at the new job I have at PNC Bank, and a lady named Sharon, who I don't even know who it is. And she said, you need to come over here to, to Glenville. He came over here, and he's been coming ever since. And you need to put your hands together and give God some praise. And thank God tonight. God is doing some things up in here. Would you say amen? All right, let's get to it. This family worship thing, I'm telling you, is revolutionary. I'm telling you right now, people are looking at us on Twitter. Am I right, Melanie? People are seeing what we are studying, and they're like, really? What is family worship? Are you serious? This thing is awesome. Man, we're not even doing this thing. Nobody's really doing this anymore. We showed you last week that families are in trouble, and mainly families are in trouble because families are not really spending time with God. We are expecting for God to wait on us on the weekend. And then we wave at him all week long and say, what's up, Jesus? How you doing? I see you on Sabbath. And then we prepare all of our, our worship and, and, our, and, our, and our praise for God for one day. And God is like, look, yes, the seventh day is my Sabbath and we ought to keep it holy. It is a special day, but it's a day of rest. Every day is a day of worship. Where y'all been all week, Jesus is saying. I like that old song by Larnell Harris. He says, I miss my time with you. Y'all remember that? Those moments together. Y'all know that? I need to be with you each day. And it hurts me when you say you're too busy. Y'all never heard that song? Busy trying to serve me. Oh, y'all don't want to pray with me tonight. Yeah, the Lord is saying to us, where y'all been? Where you been? Let's spend some time together. And so tonight I want to first start our study by looking at family worship killers. Now, if you are single tonight, if you live by yourself tonight, then guess what? You are your family. Come on, say amen. Amen. Then whatever we're teaching tonight, we want you to apply it to you personally in your own personal time and devotion. By the way, write this down. Uh, This is something good to tweet for for those who are out there in uh, social media land. There is a book that you need to get if you want to take your personal time with God to the next level. Are you ready for this? If you want your personal time with God, your devotional time with God to go to the next level, I strongly recommend the Bible. All right? Okay, now, the second book I want to recommend, the second book I want to recommend is a book called The Secrets of the Secret Place. The Secrets of the Secret Place. The Secrets, get that book. Life-changing. A preacher just called me from California. I recommended that book to him, and he's getting up 5 o'clock in the morning now, whereas he could not get up in the morning, and he's spending time with God. Since Eric Thomas has been here, I've been getting up 4.30 in the morning, and I ain't been sleeping. God's been waking me up, and I've been getting in the Lord's presence and been worshiping him, having adequate time, and I don't feel bored. I ain't falling asleep no more. I'm getting excited about getting with God. And this is the kind of excitement that we want to translate into our family time with God. And I want to say this, I'm going to be very clear. People do not, how will people in your house know that you are a godly house unless you are doing godly things? Just because you are a Christian in name does not make your house Christian. Okay, this church We call it a Seventh-day Adventist church because Seventh-day Adventist people come here and we, hopefully, we are practicing what we believe, which makes us who we are. But if somebody, like I've seen in the city of Columbus and other places where churches are closing down and they're moving in and turning them into apartments and they're turning them into other stuff. Have y'all seen that? Yeah, they're doing that. Churches are closing down because people ain't coming no more. 
Yeah, that's, that's happening. This ain't happening here. But even, even in some cities, they're closing them down, and they're turning churches into nightclubs. Yeah, they're doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a building. They don't care. It's a piece of property. They said, we're going to develop it. Guess what? The church was never a church simply because it had a sign on there that said it was a church. Oh, y'all, I can't. Oh, I can't get nobody to pray. See, what's more, what's more sacrilegious than turning a church into a nightclub is when we allow our homes never to experience the worship of God, but we watch nightclub-like stuff on TV, and the TV dominates our home. You tell me what's worse. To turn a building into a nightclub or to have a home where you wait to wave at God one day a week and all week long you ain't really doing nothing really spiritual in your house. And I'm not talking about praying over your food. I'm, for real, you think about that thing. What makes your house a, a really a house where God's dwell? Does God dwell in your house because you got a Bible in there? Does God dwell in your house because you got some books in there that, have, that talk about God? No, God does not dwell in buildings. God dwells in people. The Bible says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If you know I'm telling the truth, just talk back to me and say, I know that's right or something. Come on. I mean, we are the temple. So the presence of God can only go where God's people are. If God's people are not there, then God's presence is not there. Next step. If God's people are there, we know they are God's people because they seek after God. See, your house becomes a house of prayer when you start seeking after God. Your house is not a house that God can dwell at if there's no seeking of God in your house. So here's some things that kill family worship. The first thing is leadership. The number one killer for family worship is that nobody is, is taking the lead to make sure it happens. And I'm going to tell you, as a leader in my household, it's tough. You think, oh, he's a priest, he's a pastor. Oh, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure he does it. It's tough. It's tough trying to do what's right, no matter who you are. If you pastor, deacon, elder, don't matter. Can I get a witness in here? Just because you uh, bear the name Christian, Mike, or, or, or pastor, or minister, does not make doing what's right easy. As a matter of fact, it makes it harder. I told you before, and I say this all the time, you can tell of what the devil is afraid of by what he tries to keep you from doing. And I know that the enemy is afraid of worship, but here's the other reason that, that kills worship. Uh, you don't feel like it. One of the reasons why people don't lead like they should to make sure it happens is because sometimes, come on, talk to me, somebody, you just don't feel like it. <laughs> you have been worn out by the job that God gave you all day long so that when you get home, you don't got no time to worship God. Oh, come on in here, somebody. The TV has more dominance in our homes. Oh, yes, it does. Than the worship of God. You know, if I stop by your house a, a series of times out of the year, I should walk in there and just bump into worship at least one time. I should come out one time and, and oh, I'm sorry, uh, we're having worship. Come on in and join. At least once. I ain't saying every time I come over there. But, but there, there should be a point. There should be a set time. Somebody say set time. There should be a set time where you know it's going down in here. Somebody shout it's going down. And leaders, you got to have that nasty uh, spirit of Christ, but tenacious, but determined. You got to have that hungry, but patient spirit that says it's going down. It's going to, we are going to worship. I love y'all, but it's time to get up. 
I love y'all, but it's time to turn the TV off. Before we go to bed, we're going to sing a song. And you know, sometimes, I'm telling you now, people sit in the circle, they have an attitude, they don't feel like doing it. Who cares? Be, stick to that thing. Let me tell you, wait until something crazy happens. Wait until something bad happens. The people in your house will run to the altar to worship. See, you can't, you got to worship with the future in mind, knowing that I'm storing up God's presence for a day when we're going to need him. So the other reason that thing that kills worship is you don't feel like it. And the other thing is formalism and routine. So there are some people, and this is what I really try to attack in my book. There are some people that have worship, but the worship is boring. Ain't nobody look forward. Listen, if if you got something good that's going on in your house, you're going to want to do it. Come on, say amen. Oh, come on, talk to me in here. If it's exciting, then people are going to want to be a part of it. But one of the reasons why we don't do it is because it's boring. Oh, talk to me in here. There's a reason why people don't spend time with God. Be honest. Because for many of you, it's boring. <laughs> it's hard to be bored with somebody that you really know, though. Let me break some stuff down to you about this formalism. This is from your girl. She says, how many who profess to be Christians will become excited over some worldly enterprise? Their interest is awakened for new and exciting amusements while they are cold-hearted and appear as if frozen in the cause of God. But here is a theme, poor formalist, which is of sufficient importance to excite you. All right, help me move that. All right. Eternal interests are here involved. To be, watch this now, to be calm, somebody say calm, and unimpassioned on this theme is sinful. Oh, y'all missed that. The scenes of Calvary call for the deepest emotions upon this subject. You will be excusable if you manifest some enthusiasm. Here's the point. See, when we approach the things of God, many of us do not give our all to it. We are so selfish in simply just wanting God to do something to us that we bring nothing to the table. Now, y'all forgive me. I know y'all think I'm a lightning rod and I'm always excited about everything. But what I have learned to do is tell my feelings what to do and not let my feelings tell me what to do. Your girl, Ellen White, says it is a sin to come before the worship of God with no emotion, calm and unimpassioned. She says if there's anything that's excusable to get excited about, it's, it's, it's excusable to get excited about Jesus. Oh, come on in here tonight. After prayer meeting tonight, I'm going home, watch the Cowboys game. And y'all pray for the preacher, because the preacher, the kids ain't going to sleep tonight until the game is over. Because the pastor's going to be running all over the house and high-fiving and excited. I'm just I'm talking about myself because I I know I know y'all don't get excited about anything else except church right okay so just me I I mean I get excited about other stuff but one of the things that God is trying to teach me if you can get excited about your football team and you can't get excited about me then there's something wrong with you and notice what I'm saying if you have children in your home if you have people living in your house you want them to worship don't you you want them to experience the presence of God where you got to make that thing exciting you got to make it special you have to bring energy to it you can't come there and let your job because it wore you out all day determine what your praise is going to be I'm telling you when my kids start and we start asking what songs we want to sing and they sing father Abraham in my mind in my in my flesh I say Lord have mercy I don't feel like left right right left 
head up, chest out, turn around, sit down. But I know that I'm teaching my child to be a convenient worshiper. If I do not give my all in that song, I want to set an example for my children that I will bless the Lord with my whole heart, that I will give him the honor that is due his name. I will not just praise God when I'm at church on Sabbath with my whole heart. I will not simply just bring my best because I'm in the congregation of the saints, but even in my house, on my couch, with my family, I will honor the Lord. I will praise his name i will give him glory i will not sit there and look like a bump on the log but i will lift up my voice unto the hills from which come can i get some help in here because i know that the lord has been good to me and he is worthy <laughs> i'm telling you i've seen it one of the reasons why people don't do family worship at home because it's boring nobody's excited about doing something that's boring Bring some passion to the table. You're dealing with God. Here's a theology real quick of family worship. Why do we even believe in this thing? And, and, and here's, this is the theme for tonight. I want you to bring it every time. Uh, P90X, little workout video. And uh, pray, church, because uh, Nikki is doing the video. and I don't know if she's still doing it now. She's, okay, you still you praise God. Hang in there, girl. That thing will rock your world. Yeah. I mean, the guy tells you off the top, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. But you're going to be in shape. And, 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 you know, and, and, but one of the things he says is, he says, but you have got, he says, if you want to get the results, he says, this is line, you've got to bring it every time. That's just a slang terminology for you've got to bring your all to it. You can't come half-stepping. You can't just do what you feel like doing. When it comes to worship, y'all know this is a burden of mine. When it comes to the worship of God, you cannot simply just give him some half-hearted, I just, this is all I feel like doing. I, I ain't going to give. And especially when you got children in your house that's watching you. They are getting the example from you that it's okay to treat God like he's one of my friends. And I don't feel like talking to him today. I don't feel like honoring him today. When I feel better, then I'll praise him. But I have learned that you will feel better if you praise him. God, bring it every time. Here's the scriptures. This is what the scriptures teach us about family worship. Family worship is really a vehicle. Somebody say vehicle. vehicle. It's a vehicle. Now, what is it a vehicle for? Here it is. Uh, and you all hear this text over and over again. Read with me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your, with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at, when you walk along the, when you lie, uh, I'm sorry, when you lie down, when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses, on your gates. And then in verse 12 says, it says, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of, of slavery. So understand this. Philosophic, I mean, the, the, theologically, the reason why we worship is so we will not forget. The Sabbath, right? The Sabbath is at the end of the week, right? And the Sabbath was a memorial of creation, right? It was to remind us of who our God is. Isn't that right? Family worship is a daily reminder, whereas the Sabbath is a weekly reminder. The problem is some of us simply are just waiting on a weekly reminder and we ain't done nothing today. What if you ate once a week? Come on, say amen. And you're not fasting. <laughs> amen, somebody. 
So notice what he says. He said, write them, talk about them, do all these things. How can you talk about the goodness of God? You have to have a vehicle called family worship where you set time aside, where you're intentional. Somebody say intentional. And that's the word I want to get in your spirit tonight. You've got to be intentional, Roscoe. You've got to be intentional. You've got to be intentional. You've got to be intentional, Carl. You've got to be intentional. You have got to be intentional. I will spend time with God. I will make sure that my family is covered. I will make sure that we are in his presence. I have got to fight in the spirit and see the thing about fighting in the spirit is you often do not see what the enemy has planned for tomorrow so what I have learned to do is get prepared for tomorrow by doing what I got to do today come on in here somebody while it is day I will prepare my flesh for what the enemy might bring you don't know you just don't know Psalm 78 here's another text just some theology my people hear my come on somebody teaching listen to the words of my I will open my mouth with a parable. Now watch this, y'all. I will utter what? Hidden things. Things from what? Things we have heard and known. Things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next, here it is, generation, the praise worthy deeds of the Lord. So that's why we have family worship. We've got to have a vehicle. Somebody say a vehicle. What is the purpose of a vehicle? A vehicle is supposed to get you from A to B. And so what's the vehicle to get us from this earth to the next earth? It is worship. We have got to have a vehicle where we, look at this guy, where we tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. His what, everybody? His power and the wonders he has, he has, uh, he has done. Verse 5, he decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded to our ancestors to do what, everybody? To teach their children. So that the, ne- oh, by the way, I ain't supposed to teach your children nothing about God. It's like these school teachers now, they expect you to teach the kids at home. Now, can I get some parents just to just holler? I feel you, Pastor, on this. Why are y'all giving me all this homework and then you introducing subjects? In the homework. Y'all not feeling me in here. It's been too long since y'all done had children. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about in here? Homework is simply to review what has already been taught. Come on, say amen. Look, I, I, I am supposed to simply confirm the church is supposed to confirm what you're teaching at home. Oh, come on in here, somebody. We ain't supposed to be teaching y'all the Bible. The Bible, look at what the word of God said. The word of God says that you are to teach your children. If you don't got no children, you're supposed to teach yourself. So that the next generation would know them. And you can't teach nobody if you don't know nothing. But one of the things I found, the best way to learn stuff is to teach it. Somebody said, I want to get deeper in the word. I want, I, want to, I want to be in the word like you, Pastor. I want to know the word. Y'all know how I learned the word? I taught it. Okay. Y'all know how I'm learning the word? Because I know I got to teach it all the time. And some of you are saying, well, I don't got a pulpit. Yes, you do. It's at home. You got a pulpit at your house. Well, I don't got no members. Yes, you do. You got your son. You got your daughter. You got your husband. Come on in here. You got your wife. Well, I don't got, it's just me by myself. But you don't, parishioner, you got preach to yourself until you get saved. Come on in here, somebody. Yes, 
I want my parents to get that tonight. You are to teach. Your first responsibility is to teach your household the word of God. The word of God is not supposed to be left or outsourced to the church. The word of God, the things of God, talking about the deeds of God. I like how the text says, talking about the power of God. Where do we learn the power of God? Not at church. I learn it at home. I learn it sitting with mommy and daddy. I learn it in the press. That is where we learn about God. Verse 7 says, then they would put their trust in. Did you see? Did y'all catch that? Then. Then means something happened before that. Then after what? What are you saying, David? If you teach your children at home about the power of God. It didn't just say about God, but teach them. Oh, I feel that. Teach them about the power of God. Oh, have I got anybody in here tonight that knows about the power of God? Oh, it's one thing to teach about God, but it's a totally different thing to teach our children and our families about the power. I feel that tonight about the power of God. See, the power of God is not just what's written in scripture. The power of God is what happened in your life. And see, in your own home, you are telling your children, let me tell you about what the Lord has done in my life. Can I tell you how he pulled me out of some stuff, how he saved your mommy, how he blessed us to have food on our tables. That's the power of God. Our children need to hear about the power of God. We're simply just trying to give them information about God. But how many know they want to see a real God that's got power? Bible says then they would put their trust in God. Did you catch that? Notice our children will not put their trust in God when they simply just hear information and facts. That's one of the problems I have with Sabbath school. And some of our evangelistic meetings. All we're doing is giving people information. Turn to this text. Seven days this happened. Turn to that text. Memorize this scripture. Turn to this text. Remember this scripture for 13 Sabbath. Turn to that text. Know this. Know this, know this for the next uh, uh, evangelistic meeting. Know, turn that. Know this. Know this. Know that. Make sure you know your Sabbath school. Know this. Know that. Okay. They got the information. When are they going to know about power? You see, power is different. I'm not against information. Some of y'all mad now, but y'all better get over it real quick. Because understand this, if you simply just give people information, then they won't have have any knowledge about the source of the information from which it comes. This is what I'm saying. What moves people to trust? I'm reading the Bible. The Bible says, then they would put their trust in God when, after they learn about the power of God. You've got to have an experience with God. Do you feel me? You got, I mean, we were talking today. Uh, It's amazing how you have people who preach, you have people who sing, and they're all preaching and singing really about the same thing, the Bible. But why is it that there's some who move you? And there are some who talk about the same thing, but they don't do nothing. You know why? Power. Somebody's plugged in and somebody's not. Oh, come on in here, somebody. Do y'all, can I get a witness in here? Be honest with me. Have you ever been someplace where you could tell it, the, the, the plug wasn't in the wall? I mean, I, the fact, yeah, I agree. What he's saying is true, but, it ain't, but it ain't, I, don't, I ain't moved by, by what he's saying. You know why? Because that thing that he is talking about is simply a fact. 
It's not a faith. It's not, it's not a relationship with God. You, do you see how I'm standing here today all caught up in what I'm saying? See, I don't need nobody to shout back at to me and say amen because I feel this tonight. I know about the power of God. I'm not just trying to teach my members stuff. I get excited when I think about the goodness of God in my life. I'm not telling you a theory. I'm not telling you a book. I'm not giving you a dissertation. I'm telling you my story. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my surprising. That's what moves people, Michael. Power. The Bible says in verse 8, what would happen? It says, no, no, notice this. When they receive power, then they would put their trust in God. And would not forget his deeds. See, you won't forget stuff when there's power connected with it. <laughs> Can I get a witness in here? When there's an experience connected with the scripture, you don't need to sit there and try to memorize it over and over again. You know no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. You know that thing because the weapon was formed against you, but it did not prosper. And it did not prosper because the Lord. And I know this one because he says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a step. I know that because I've been, I didn't try to memorize it. I've just been through it. I've been through seasons where the enemy has come in, where he's trying to destroy my life and take my family and take my ministry and take my mind. But have I got anybody out here who just forgot that you were sitting beside somebody who can get on your feet and lift your hands and say, I know what the Lord has done in my life. They would not be like their ancestors. A stubborn and rebellious generation. If we teach them, if we teach them, they will not be stubborn and rebellious whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. And then I like John 4. I like what John 4 says. And all this, see, we all. Okay, I'm just going to say it straight. Modern Christianity is stained with Catholicism. This Catholic. People are up, up here Catholic. This build, all the, even, even, even to, the, uh, to the architecture. A preacher who does everything and the members watch him in awe, Catholic. Coming, calling a building a church, the early apostles would have, would have said, y'all crazy? Y'all going to church? What? Where did you get that from? Because the Greek word for church does not mean building, it means called out ones. But see, the problem, and I, and I keep coming against it because this false theology is connected. So this is one of the reasons why family worship is so, so whack at our homes because we have put all of our worship in coming here. We will, in high church, we will honor the Lord and we will reverence him, reverence him in your house. What a shame 
that you will come here and act holy, but in your house, you'll do everything. You'll talk to folk nasty. You'll be mean to folk. You won't apologize about stuff. You're a tyrant in your house. You're selfish. You're lazy. And then you're going to come up in here. The devil is a lie. And act holy because you're at some building that is a sin before God. The reason why we do not have the power of God the way we should is because we put the power of God on layaway. And then people are offended when they hear that. I'm not preaching to some some new fable. But show me in the scriptures where we are supposed to be these transformed saints when we come in here. But when we go home, we can act like fools. You know what we should do? I wish, God, I, wish we could, I wish we could do a switch. That each Sabbath we could use one of our homes as, as a place of worship and see how many people would come to the Lord. We have taught ourselves to come in here and be spiritual. Praise God. Now I ain't talking about nobody in here. But it's funny, sometimes I run into some of the saints in the grocery store and they're nervous. I mean, they're looking at me funny, like, oh, hey, hey, pastor. I mean, why? What, 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 what? I mean, it's like, hey, you rolled up on me too quick, man. You didn't give me a chance to get spiritual. Our children see that mess. And this is why John said, he says, yet a time is coming. Christ used these words. He says, and now come when the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get that in your spirit right there. What kind of worshipers did I say, everybody? The true worshipers. See, they're not confined to a day. They're not confined to a building. Come on, talk to me in here. The folk that's in love with Jesus, the true worshipers, see, they know that the God, that God is a spirit. <laughs> And that we ought to worship him in spirit and in truth. Matthew 18. Just a few scriptures and I'm out of your way. The Bible says, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask. Now, Now, I want you to hear me. I want you to just, let's just dream for a minute. It's been a long day at work. You come home. I don't know whether you, whether you got something to eat at a restaurant. I don't know. You put a little meal together. Family sits down and they eat together. No TV is on. Not yet. You eat the meal together. Children go and take their baths and their showers. You, you and your spouse or whoever's there, you, you, you're cleaning up and you're getting ready. And on your mind the whole time, you're thinking when, when they're finished, just before bedtime, we're going to come together for about 10 minutes. And we're going to reflect on the goodness of God from the day. And, and, and they come down and, and, and they know where to go. You've got to have a set place. In my house, it's in my kid's bedroom just before they go to sleep. We know that's the place for worship. And we go in there and we pull out books. I'm loaded with materials. I, I've got the children's books. I've got stories in my spirit. I don't need a book. I can tell them what the Bible says. Yes. And, and we sing a song. See, it's late at night. We know the kids are tired. It's not a good time to have a two-hour worship or a 20-minute worship. But see, it, we're just trying to close out the day with God on our minds. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
And, and, and so we're there, and, 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 and they're restless, and it's okay, because I know they've been up all day, but, but I just break out in song, and I begin to say, God is my father, and Jesus is my brother. And then my kids join in. The blessed Holy Spirit is my guide, is my guide. I am a new creation. My wife harmonizes. The devil's no relation. I have my royal family in the sky. Just a little short song. And then after that, then my, my, my son will say, Daddy, can we sing the rap version? <laughs> and because I know that's where they are, I ain't mad. I say, yeah, let's sing it. And then my kids go, God is my father, and Jesus is my brother. The blessed Holy Spirit is my God. And Taylor's on her feet, and Catherine's tired. I am a new creature. And mommy and daddy, we tired now, but at least we are at the edge of our seat waving our hands. I have my role, your family in the sky. Walk up, walk up, walk up, walk And that's when they put it in the song. But look, check this out. We're excited. We're worshiping God. And then I said, simply, let's, let's just have a, a word of prayer. Camden, pray. Camden will begin to pray. And one of the things I taught him to pray, every time he opens his mouth, they say, Jesus, come into our hearts. If there's anything that he misses in his prayer, I said, don't miss this, son. Just always ask for God to come in your heart. Can we pray a short prayer? I'll read a story about a rhinoceros. That's what I read last night. And the story about a rhinoceros is that the rhinoceros, rhinoceros have poor vision. Oh, come on in here. You don't, you don't have to always get a Bible and give a deep story, but a short lesson if you have children. And it says that a rhinoceros cannot see. So when an animal comes near him, he automatically attacks them because he cannot see. Because he's afraid. And then I asked him, are you guys afraid of anything? And my children were responding, yes, daddy, I'm afraid of this and I'm afraid of that. And then I will, I will bring it home. I ain't, we ain't trying to preach a sermon. Then we'll say, but the Bible tells us that we should not be afraid of anything. The Bible says the Lord is my light. And then I will turn the light off. And I said, watch this, guys. The Lord is my light. Boom, the light comes on. And my salvation, whom shall I fear? When you get afraid, Camden Taylor, and I'm looking them in the eye with passion, you got to know that you got to call on God. Taylor will raise her hand, and she will always ask me a question that I cannot answer. And I will say, well, let me think about that. I'll try to answer that next time. Shanae, give us closing prayer. Closing prayer, we're done. But what I have done is, I've not just had an exercise. I have invited heaven in my home <laughs> oh y'all not y'all not hearing me the, the devil just got kicked out <laughs> oh lord y'all not hearing me in here i just put my size 11 and a half shoe on his mouth and i shoved him out of my house with the worship of god now, some days it's not always good, but I've got to remember that I'm not basing this on how my family feels. I'm basing this on what the word of God says. I've got to be a man of God and I've got to lead my family to his presence. I will not allow my feelings to get in the way because there's too much at stake. Souls are at stake. People's salvation is at stake. I want my kids, my wife, my house to be full of God. This thing is not optional, Carl. This is not optional, uh, Craig Long. If, you are, if your husband is not even a member of the church, if you're, if you're, if you're a single parent, listen, I don't care. I'm like Eric. Forget who's what roles or whose roles. 
Somebody do it. I had a lady the other day say to me, Pastor, my, my husband will not be the spiritual leader of his home. He will not call for worship. I said, honey, I said, you call it. Don't get stuck on who should do it. Do it. Come on in here. Does anybody feel what I'm talking about tonight? Just do it. Like Nike says, just do it. Let me end here at this last text. I'm going to have to give you these things next week. The Bible says, again, truly I tell you. Ha. This is what, it, now look, what I'm about to tell you is, if you're by yourself, if you live with people, this is what happens when you worship. The Bible says, again, truly I tell you, that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So for those of you who are by yourself, you say, well, there's not two people. Well, agree with the Holy Spirit, and that makes two. As a matter of fact, that makes four. Because the Holy Spirit, Father, and Son are three in one. Come on in here, somebody. Huh? It says, if two of you agree about anything they ask for, remember, get that book, Secrets of the Secret Place. Get that book. Bob Sorgi. If you Google search it, it'll come up. Bob Sorgi. That's B-O-B. Yeah. Sorge, S-O-R-G-E, Bob Sorge, Secrets of the Secret Place. Now watch this now. This is what happens when you worship. No matter if you're at church, no matter if you're at a, a conference, and, and your favorite preacher is there with a, a thousand voice choir, guess what? It doesn't change a thing. This is what happens. <laughs> it says, again, I truly, I tell you, that if two of you agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. Uh, 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 um, uh, who is it? Uh, Terrell Cole used to sing a song uh, back in the day. It shall be done. Y'all yep. ever heard that song? Yeah. It shall be done. I <laughs> uh, love that song. Whatever you need from the Lord. It shall be done for them by who? My father where? For where? Oh, come on, come on. Come on. Ah, there we go. For where? Two or three gather in my name. Does it say where? Does it say it had to be uh, plush carpet pews? Did it say that the Michelle had to be plain? No. That the pastor had to be marching up there with a suit on? No. Does that make God's prayer? I remember one lady told me one time, she said, Pastor Edmonds, because we changed the service time from 11 to something to make it more convenient for something. I can't remember. And she said, Pastor, don't you know that 11 o'clock is the divine worship hour? <laughs> I said, it is? She said, yes. I said, well, who, who said it was? I don't know, but it is divine. How many know the Lord will show up at 3 a.m. in the morning? How many know the Lord will show up at 2, 2 o'clock in the afternoon? How many know he'll show up at, at 3.13 in your car? How many know he'll show up at Big Truck Rehab underneath the hood of a car? He'll show Come on in here. How many know he'll show up at the hospital? How many know he'll show up in your car? He will, ha, ah, he said, <laughs> if you gather, I feel like preaching tonight, in my name, then I am in the midst. All we got to do is just pull them together. Come on. No, the word tonight is bring it. Just bring the folk together. I know you're messed up. I know you got sins. I know you've been broken. I'm going home. I'm getting ready to take my seat. Bye-bye, y'all. But I just got to tell you, if you just 
put some effort into seeking God, he will not deny you. Can I get a witness in here? Can I get some help in here tonight that knows what I'm talking about? He will visit you in your darkest hour. No matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening in your house, still need some help in here tonight that knows that if you call on the Lord, he will show up on time. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, then the Shekinah glory of God will show up. Pastor, come to my house and pray for me. No problem for that, but just know that if you call on God, he'll show up before I get there. Is that Bible? Now, what I just told, I just told y'all a secret. You have access to God. Hold on, hold on, y'all. That went by you. That went over you so fast. You, sinner, have access to God holy. It's so simple that it don't, it don't mean nothing to nobody. So I got to say it again. You have access. You. Anytime you want. When you say God, come down here now. God says, I'm already here. I just need you to acknowledge yes. that I'm here. Yes. And that's what worship is. Worship is when we recognize God and no longer placate God. Come on, Michelle. 